Welcome to the S2 Cognition Podcast. S2 is the official cognitive evaluation in sports, from youth to pro, where athletes and coaches build to win. Bobby Buchanan joins the S2 Cognition Podcast today. He's an owner of High and Inside Softball, director of scouting for Prospect Wire Softball, and the director of performance for the Bombers Fast Pitch Softball Organization. We have linked to all of those organizations in the podcast description below, so please check those out if you're interested. Today, we discuss his experience with the S2 Cognition Evaluation, how hitters and pitchers can pinpoint their development work when it comes to on-the-diamond decision-making, and how knowing your S2 score will change the game in softball. Softball recruiting. All of that is next here on the S2 Cognition Podcast. And as always, please subscribe, leave a review, and share the podcast with a friend. Bobby Buchanan is next. So Bobby, thanks for joining us, man. You've been using the S2 product for a couple months now. I, I just wanted to get your observations, your thoughts on the product, any stories that you've got from, from the girls that have been utilizing this. Just overall, the the picture of S2 and how you've seen it affect the, the softball girls. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's an unreal product because you're, you're literally getting to see the inside um, parts of who that person is, right? And for, for what I do on, on the daily, right? I, I do use a lot of data, but that's all physicality and, and movement, you know, sorts of things like that. And, and so whenever you get to actually see why they do what they do and the hardwiring of the brain, that's, that's like the nitty gritty stuff. And, and for me, it has been so cool to see it play out, right? And, and uh, to start using it in player development and start seeing it on the field and how it transfers and, Honestly, it's changed everything I do when it comes to player development. Like me as a coach, I have changed. I try to change all the time, right? I'm always adapting. But this has been quite the biggest thing that, that really has, has shown me like, man, you, you probably mess some kids up in your day. But in all, in all reality, you just don't know what you don't know. And, you know, being able to use this has, has really um, propelled me as a coach. So can I interrupt you real quick and yeah. ask why? What's the, when you say what's changed, can you, can you explain further in detail? Well, for one, I, I used to lump rhythm and timing together, right? I used to think everything, all that was timing, right? I thought rhythm was more of like, just, just getting a little bit of rhythm, right? And now understanding that rhythm happens on the front end and then timing is actually when, when we're going, right? And, and I used to kind of lump those two things together and now I can actually have verbiage like one thing in, in baseball and softball, I feel like there's not always consistent verbiage, right? And this gives you consistent verbiage to be able to go, hey, this is rhythm, this is timing, this is how you get better at those two things. And so that was that was one thing for me. But two, just understanding is it a visual processing issue or is it a motor command issue and how to fix it. If you don't if you don't take the S2 assessment, you, you will never truly know what's going on with that player. Right. And you can measure things all you want, but that's, that's why you always, you always run into problems, right? Whenever you're like, Oh, little Susie, you know, is doing this. And then you also have Danielle over here that's doing this and you think it's the same issue, but it's not right. The causations are different. And so when you really get down to it, that's the biggest part for me. And, and, Instead of, you know, I always, me and Scott Smith, we always compare this to, 
um, like a mechanic, right? Back in the day, a mechanic would listen to the engine and they go, oh, I think that's the carburetor. And they take things apart like, oh, when the carburetor, let me, let me try this, right? And they just keep trying stuff until they get it right. And now you go to a mechanic shop, they plug it into a computer, they do a diagnostic, and then, oh, it's the carburetor, right? You, you can skip the steps of failing and, and giving that, that kid, the, like instead of having them fail over and over, maybe they fail just a, you know, one time, right? Or a couple times, you can get to the solution quicker. And that's, so essentially what I'm hearing is, the big piece of this, the takeaway is the why. You're understanding the why behind the decision making in the batter's box. And that's a perfect segue to you, Scott. I really wanted to start off this conversation by, you know, we, we test the youth ba- uh, youth players on a core four battery, but the college and pro, we do an eight. You know, why did we select the, the four that we selected for the youth? And will you walk us through each of those processes and, and define them? Yeah, sure. The, uh, I love that analogy of the diagnostic because that's exactly right. I mean, you, you, you listen to a sound, you know, some car, two cars can make the same sound and you say, okay, one's the carburetor. You know, they both might be the carburetor, but one might be the carburetor and might, one might be something else. And so I, I love your example. It's about making coaching efficient and being when you have a diagnostic as to what is causing this hitter, this player to have these kinds of struggles, then you can pinpoint and go right after the, the, the problem and come up with a solution that's fitting for that problem. I uh, love that analogy. So when we, when we built the S2 evaluation for baseball and softball at the collegiate and professional level, we, we conceptualized eight different cognitive skills. Uh, there's a lot of things. So it's just pretty amazing. A lot of things these hitters are doing with not even really, really realizing their brains are doing so much because it happens so fast. You know, if you've got sub 400 milliseconds. You're having to diagnose what pitch it is. And that means you're visually processing what it is. You're visually estimating and predicting where the pitch is moving through space. You're organizing your motor system to make a decision to swing or not swing. And if you decide to swing, where do I swing? When do I swing? And in softball, how do you swing, right? Because you got slappers and there's different ways of uh, executing a swing. Um, and so all those decisions are unfolding in that short period of time. And so all we're doing is breaking those apart. And in our fully baked professional kind of collegiate evaluation, you're right. It's eight different systems in the brain that an athlete brings together to accomplish everything um, she accomplishes in the batter's box in the field. The core four is a subset and really focused on, on the hitter side on some core decision processes that every hitter should be working on and developing. Two are visual processes and to our kind of motor control or motor command, as Bobby alluded to. Um, The visual processes really, in in kind of a simplistic way, the hitter has two problems to solve. What pitch is it? Where is it moving in space? Where is it going to cross the the hitting area? Is it a strike or not? You know, is it outside, inside, up, down? The where decision and the what pitch it is. And so we, we measure two processes that give us insight into how athletes make those kinds of decisions rapidly. 
in these really fast time scales. How fast do you process what you see at the point of focus to recognize what it is you see? That's the what decision. That's pitch recognition. And then how well you can take a little bit of information about the speed and angle of a moving target and make a prediction about where it's going to end up in space. That's the that's the trajectory. That is the pitch location decision, right? So pitch recognition and pitch location. So we get at two processes that uh, athletes uh, bring to the table visually in how they process those two pieces of information. On the motor side are, are two core processes. One is timing. And as Bobby really nicely illustrated, we, in our full battery, we look at rhythmic timing, which is kind of getting to that good hitting position and sync with the pitcher's wind-up and movements and the cadence of their delivery versus what we call uh, timing control or the interceptive timing. That's when you dis- the brain decides swing now. And those commands leave the brain and the body and it starts the swing. And you're, the goal of that timing decision in the brain is to uh, optimize bat-to-ball contact, Right. When make sure you swinging on time so that you your back meets the ball at the optimal time. So we look at timing, that second aspect of timing. And timing is an important one, right? Because, you know, it'd be nice if pitches came in at the same velocity every pitch, but that's not how it works, right? As you move up the game, I mean, one of the best weapons in the pitcher's arsenal is mixing speeds, and throwing pitches that that have different velocities. And so mixing speeds. And so we look at the brain system responsible from the hitter's perspective and making those millisecond adjustments to to wait on the off-speed pitch and catch up to the fastball. The last system in our core four is what we call impulse control. In every pitch out of the hand, unless you are have already decided when you stepped into the box, you've decided you're not going to swing. Outside of those situations, which is most situations, when you step in, every pitch out of the hand creates this impulse to swing. As soon as that pitch comes out of the hand, the brain's processing what pitch it is, where it's moving, and that information is feeding to your motor system so your motor system can start preparing the right bat path to deal with that pitch. So whether you're aware of it or not, your brain is activating a swing pattern, a swing decision as soon as the ball starts being processed. And that creates an impulse, right? And some hitters have a hard time. As soon as that, that swing decision gets loaded up and starts to activate, they can't hold it back. I mean, it, it heads out the gate. And so they're swinging and everything looks good by the time it gets up. Up front versus the athlete who has incredible skill at controlling those initial impulses and can hold back and be more disciplined and patient at the plate and wait a little bit longer to make sure this is the pitch I want to be swinging at. And so those are our core two visuals, what and where, when is the timing decision. So what, where, when, and whether that's the impulse control, whether I'm going to swing or not, whether I'm going to hold back and take. And so those four W's, if you will, you know, they have considerable connections to statistical analytics in baseball and softball, chase rates, contact rates, swing and miss. And so those four really we saw as, as foundational to, uh, to building hitters 
that make good visual decisions and have really good control over their motor decisions. So, Bobby, when you hear the scientific reasoning behind the choices of, you know, those specific tasks and area of the brains that we're measuring, how how as a coach do you see this play out in real time? So do you have real examples of like, OK, we've never really understood you. I mean, you already alluded to one, which is the rhythm and timing aspect. How have you seen perception? trajectory, timing, impulse. How have you seen these as a coach? Yeah. So, well, you know, first of all, the whole rhythm and timing thing, I always think back to um, Sammy Hood, who's, she's at Wichita State right now and, and Riley Love, who's at Texas Tech. And, you know, for the longest time, I can never understand, you know, how come, you know, Sammy has to think about, you know, when she's starting, right? And then how come Riley has to think about when she's going, Right? Why are those two different? They're, they're both timing, but why are they different? And like I was saying, this, this gives us verbiage to understand the differences between the two. But like impulse control, um, even when it comes to optimizing your lineup, right? Like, where do you want the person with low impulse control at? Where do you want the person with high impulse control at? And what are their body types, right? What are what kind of personnel are you working with, right? And there's, there's just so many ways that this can be used. Um, whether it's from a player development standpoint, from a lineup optimization standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint, right? Like I, I coached Division One for, you know, about ten years, and what I wouldn't give to know is <laughs> is this hitter someone that knows where it's going, when to swing, you know, where's it going to be at, all those things. I mean, it just it to me, it's going to revolutionize recruiting, right? Like you're you're going to be able to start, you know, really creating comps on who you want within your program. You know, trajectory wise, I think it's super cool. Whenever you kind of know someone has low trajectory or high trajectory, you can really trust when that person's like, hey coach, that, that pitch was a ball outside. They have, you know, they have high trajectory. It probably was a ball outside, right? It's okay, you got wrong up. It's all, it's all good, we'll move on. And that one kid that has low trajectory is going, coach, that's like, you know, that's four feet off the plate. Like there's no way I can hit that. And I'm like, Right. <laughs> sure it is. You know, but it, it, it's crazy because it's not their fault. Years ago, I, I remember being so frustrated with players. And honestly, that's where I think it's going to help coaches the most is knowing when to actually be frustrated with the kid or when not to be frustrated, frustrated with the kid. Right. It, it gives you that peace of mind. Now, once you know, now you got to read it better. Right. That's that's the crazy part. Now there's no guessing. Right. Once you know what's wrong with that player, now it's your job as a coach to go coach. Right. It's there's no longer any excuses. Right. That's exactly right. Yep. Yep. So, and we've had coaches, you know, to that point, we've had coaches with the practice plan. You know, they fold it up and put it in their back pocket. You know, sometimes they'll print out reports or whatever. It's like, why are you swinging at this pitch? And they'll flip through and see. Oh. Okay. Well, you know, at that, at that point, then it's like, okay, so that, that, that's what you're describing, right? If you had that ability just to look in and be like, oh, that's what, okay, well, then I can't get necessarily too mad or, hey, I should get mad. You know, you, you can do that. hundred percent, hundred percent. You know what their capabilities are, right? Like you, you can't expect a Lamborghini or you can't expect the Ford Focus to go as fast as a Lamborghini, right? You just, it's, it's not realistic, right? And, and so you're almost putting false expectations or unrealistic expectations on, on athletes whenever you don't know this information, right? And, and now that it's available and now that it's so affordable, to me, it's almost like, why would you not, why would you not do this? You know, like it, 
it's it's seriously to that point where you know S2's done such a great job of of making it affordable for every coach that that like you have you have to be using it at this point. You know, if you're not, you're behind. You know, and that's that's the way I kind of view it. Oh, I was going to make one comment. I love kind of how you described kind of understanding who you are. I think there it's important to convey the concept of your cognitive style as a hitter. And, you know, we, we talk about physical style. We might not use that terminology, but, you know, hey, are you a are you a big power hitter? You know, are you a spray hitter? Are you, you know, kind of base hit, line drive? You know, are you a big bopper? You know, there's a cognitive style, and I think that's what's important here is we're learning and appreciating that hitters are wired differently in terms of how they make decisions and understanding what you're really good at in making decisions and what you might struggle with is one factor, one piece of the puzzle in understanding who you are as a player. You're missing this piece of the puzzle. And so you're right. If you've got low impulse control, but your your physical style is a is a leadoff hitter or a table setter, and you have low impulse control, man, you may have to rethink approach and and you know where you need to be situated and how you're gonna you know train. If you're a, a big bopper with low impulse control, hey, a free swinger, <laughs> but you have, you know you have, you have pretty good timing, pretty good trajectory, hey. All right, I know I'm going to swing at things. Well, I'm, I, let's make sure that my swings are, are producing damage. Let's make, let's make sure that I'm working on my timing and my trajectory, my two stronger areas, so that when I do chase or go after things, I'm at least getting the bat on the ball and I'm strong enough, even if I miss hit it, it could do some, it could do some damage. And I'll work on trying to, you know, reduce the chasing I, I, I'm susceptible to for specific pitches, but how you're like playing to your strengths. Right. And, and I think, you know, obviously there's some players that can handle information. There's some players that can't, but if they are knowing what they're good at, I, in my opinion, unlocks like their full capabilities. Right. I think you can really, really unlock someone and their potential whenever you give them the power to understand what they're good at. Right. And also understand what they're not good at. But it's not always about just getting better at what you're not good at. It's also understanding what you are good at so that you can perform, you know, to the best of your abilities. And and I love the cognitive style, like understanding. I love that terminology. Like in my head, my, my wheels are already spinning on, on things that I can can continue to do. And, but uh, yeah, because because like I was saying before, on the day to day, I'm I'm capturing data. I'm, I'm trying to fix people's movements. I'm trying to, you know, create more force, all these sorts of things. But now that I have the cognition piece, now I'm getting to look at a, a holistic, you know, uh, athlete, right? I get to see them for who they are completely. We've talked about this before, Scott, where, you know, S2 is just a part of the buck, like one of the buckets, right? It's one of the buckets, but it's a, it's a pretty important one. I mean, your brain controls everything you do, so... You know, it's it's um, everyone. We all love to know the things we do well, right? I mean, that's fun. When somebody brags on you or someone points out or you, you, you take some kind of evaluation of your physical talents, your cognitive, whatever it is, and you do well, and that's great. That feels good. 
none of us really likes to be aware or reminded of the things that we struggle with, right? I mean, that, that discipline, you've, it takes years, right? And when, the older you get for the young folks listening, just trust me, when you, when you're, when you got the gray side, well, when you get old and get wrinkled, you start to realize there's a whole lot of things I just don't do well. And so you're okay with that, right? When you're young though, boy, you feel vulnerable, you feel embarrassed, you feel, you know, less qualified, uh, you feel deficient. And it is so important to help young athletes understand that, hey, nobody's built perfectly, right? And if they are, there's usually all kinds of other issues they're wrestling with. <laughs> but we're not wired perfectly. Everyone has vulnerabilities. And so learning, and I know this is easier to say than to do, because I know I wrestled with this when I played baseball in college, but knowing your vulnerabilities and, and, and embracing the things you struggle with as opportunities to move the needle or sharpen your game. I mean, just small improvements, Bobby, correct me if I'm wrong, small improvements can have a big effect in performance. So know what your weakest things are so you can at least start moving the needle or changing your approach. But it's it's not easy to – the weaker areas don't go down easy. But, boy, it's so important. Anything you do in life, to be good at it, you got to know what the weak point is. 100%. And, you know, I, I think even when I was when I was coaching right college – um, and I would go out recruiting. I always told myself, right, don't be a, don't be in, like in so much awe that you can't figure out what's wrong with the kid, right? Because everything has everyone has something wrong with them. It's if you can live with it, right? Is is what is wrong with this person? Is it so bad that I can't live with it? Whether if it's the character, whether if it's you know the physicality, now cognition, right? Is it so bad that I can't live with it, or have I figured out what's wrong with them and I can live with it and I can get them better. Right. And I think this is just one more piece to that puzzle where as coaches, we can figure out, is this something that I can live with or is this something that I need to keep evaluating or see how this plays out? You know, it's, it's just, it's going to bring so much value to our game. Softball is a game of failure. So trying to understand what, what is specifically leading to your instances of failure? I mean, you you hit three, four hundred, and you've still failed the majority of the time, right? We all know that. We've all used that. You know, heard that ever since we were little, growing up playing the game. But understanding those weaknesses and 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 uh, appreciating those is 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 so important. And we're not, you know, this, these split second decision skills. Just because you have a lawyer, this has nothing to do with intelligence it has nothing to do with book smarts what you do in a classroom is so dramatically different and drastically different than what you do in the classroom that's why these these split second cognitive skills they're really about your softball performance they're not about classroom they're not even the same systems and uh, i think that's important for you know what blows my mind too scott is we were talking one day we were just kind of you know shooting the breeze but you were telling about how the button boxes are designed. You're telling about how the Xboxes, you know, are wired and how fast that's picking up that information, right? It's not a cell phone. It's not an iPad, right? You're, it's, it's literally capturing just like, I mean, it's pretty dang close to, to how a, a, a brain is actually capturing this information 
um, throughout the swing and when you're in a box, right? I was going to, I mean, I just wanted to hear you. I, I could hear you talk all day long, man. No, no, no. Jeez. Uh, you, you need to get out more. Um, you're exactly right. So, so Brandon and I, who started S2, we're scientists, we're geeks, we're total geeks. And uh, in the lab, in the, in the research lab, we, we worked at Vanderbilt when we, we uh, met and, and we were both running research projects and studies and experiments to understand these, these brain systems that are critically involved in split second dynamic performance. And you're right, we use the equipment that allows us to measure down to one to two one thousandths of a second millisecond precision and that we have not steered away from from maintaining a system with a high degree of precision and integrity and i don't care if you're a 12 year old softball player taking the s2 evaluation or a big league baseball player or a professional softball player taking it you're going to take the same tests on the same system and with the same level of precision, we're going to we're going to treat everybody the same uh, in this regard. That you're going to have a precise evaluation uh, using the same instrumentation we would use in a cutting edge uh, research laboratory that's concerned about millisecond level precision. Milliseconds matter in the batter's box. So you're right. I mean, it's everything. I mean, it, we could totally geek out that you know this. The monitors we use are carefully calibrated. We know when every pixel of the screen lights up and uh, when you should uh, be able to, rec you know, the eyes can physically process the, the visual stimuli on the screen to when you make that button press uh, down to a couple milliseconds. It's, uh, you're right, it's engineered for the highest level of precision. Everybody gets the same, the same level of precision. Bobby, I wanted to circle back. You actually really set it up nicely and something I'm, I'm happy to talk about with you. I love how you put it earlier. This helps set expectations of the strengths of a player and maybe potentially the deficiencies and how we can incorporate those uh, from a cognitive skill set wise. You mentioned recruiting. How can a college coach utilize the, uh, the data to understand recruiting or set the expectations of when they do get this player, how she's going to perform? Yeah, you know, I, I think the big thing is going to be, one, them hosting, you know, camps where they're actually capturing this data on prospects that they're wanting to, to, to see and learn more about. Um, we're also doing like the Stars of Tomorrow stuff with Alliance where we're, we're traveling all the way across the country and we're capturing all this data for them. But when it actually comes to looking at the data and understanding, I think one thing is once they start figuring out what what the coach is actually good at, right? Are they, are they better at getting people to have better trajectory estimation? Are they better at teaching rhythm, right? Because there's also a, a play in that too, right? As a coach, knowing what, you know, who am I, right? What is my style? Do I like the big boppers with low impulse, right? I, I can, I'm okay with that. Can I live I, with that? Can I, I can, live I can with that? Live, can I live with that, right? Can, can you ask that question? Is that okay for me? And can I live with it? Right. And I think understanding your style of play um, and then start understanding comps and from from a physicality part, from a cognition part, understanding cognition style, as Scott likes to say, like, I, I think that's where we're going to start seeing a very full picture of who these players are at an early age. And we're going to continue to see them grow and mature, you know, throughout the process. So 
I, I think even when it comes to player development on the college side, it's it's important to understand you can get really, really, you know, individual, right? Individualized things. Like that's that's what I do for college programs right now, right? I help individualize their player development, right? Um, my player development coach, a data analyst, like those sorts of things aren't aren't a huge part of softball yet, right? And so that's that's kind of what I do. I kind of take that like front office approach. Uh, you know, we're, we're partnered with Baseball Cloud and Softball Cloud and, and Yacker Tech and um, obviously y'all. And so I mean, that that holistic view from my company, High Inside, it, it just brings all these things together, you know, and, and, and we're able to see uh, a lot of this stuff from, from a big lens, right? Not just from, you know, one part of the game, you know, one sliver of the game. I was going to say on top of that, you're also talking about the projection Right. That's exactly like this can help the projection of the player from that, because that's a question, too. Right. Against high school competition. You know, how does this player project the cognitive piece aspect of understanding those expectations is like, oh, is she going to project or if she isn't, what are some areas we can take advantage of her strengths to help this team? hundred percent. You know, that's it's so crazy because, yeah, you, you are going to be able to see if you know, how, I don't want to say a ceiling, but at the same time, like there is going to be advantages of having high cognition, you know, and, and those athletes are going to be able to withstand when pitching gets faster, when, you know, hit, even on the pitching side, right. When hitters get better, right. They're, they're going to be able to withstand the time because they have the cognition side, not just the physicality part, you know, and, and obviously the MLB, those guys are very, very physical. They're very, very talented, but they all have high cognition, you know, at the highest level, right? Like they're, I'm sure it's rare. Y'all could probably tell me it's probably rare when an MLB player has low cognition in the big leagues. Like it's probably just not very often. The statistics show it's overwhelming. The, the percentage of big league players that we've tracked from minor league into the bigs they have high cognition. You're exactly right. And there's, you know, you get a handful, very small percent that score uh, below the 50th percentile on the overall. And again, it's a small percent and often are kind of utility uh, journeyman players. But um, you're exactly right. When do you need these cognitive skills to perform? <laughs> when the game's the fastest? the most difficult and the most complicated, the most unpredictable, you know, and pitchers are pitching speed. So every level you jump up, the game gets faster, and more complicated. And that's where these brain systems are going to give you advantages or put you at some potential disadvantages because that, that milliseconds matter and being able to see it a tick sooner or be able to make, hold off a tick longer or, time things that are changing unpredictably in velocity a little bit better are going to lead to some pretty significant effects as you go up the ranks. You're exactly right. I mean, we see this across, it's not just baseball. We see this in softball. We see this in, in the national football league, the players at the highest level. There's a lot of physical studs that, that have a difficult time transitioning into the NFL. Everyone's big, fast, and strong there. It's those who are more consistent in their decision-making. Um, but across sports, we see this this pattern. I mean, 
These elite athletes are wired to see and process information at a superhuman level. They are elite processors on the planet. That's, that's crazy to think about, man. It, it really is. It's mind-blowing. They may have gotten all Ds in school, <laughs> you know? but you cross the white lines and things turn on. Different systems turn on. Yeah, and it's funny because I, so. I always think about when I hear, like, when someone has high cognition, I always think about all those, you know, commentators and when, when they're like, man, you know, the, they play faster than their foot speed and they see plays happen, develop before they actually happen. You know, and it's like, that's, that's cognition, you know? Yeah, that's exactly, in fact, in fact, that's funny you bring that up because that is exactly why we got into this. We had watched the, uh, the NFL draft in 2014 and Brandon and I were just musing about those terms, you know, nose for the ball, great field vision. Um, yeah, the foot speed, fast, you know, plays faster than their foot speed. You know, the players that are always in the right place at the right time, even though their foot speed on the 40 is, is just modest or below average, but they just sniff out the plays. It's, and there's a vernacular in softball as well that, that kind of attests to those kinds of uh, instinctual aspects of play and performance. And you're right. That's what we're talking about. We saw a need for this to be, we can quantify this. Those are just rapid processing brain systems and we can measure those. We've been measuring those for decades. So everything based in the science of how the brain works. That was, that was the cool thing. We didn't have to go invent tasks. You know, there's a lot out there in the sports world where people trying to invent training and invent tasks and invent, you know, we didn't invent, we just assembled the best tools from the cognitive sciences that already existed and had this extensive science backing. We know a lot about these quick decision-making systems and that's, that's what we're pulling out. And that's what, that's why it's been, uh, you know, humbly successful so far, um, because th this is how our brains work. And it's not surprising that when you measure brains using the tools that we understand are the best tools for measuring these systems, we get gain insights into how performers perform. Well, and it's crazy. We hadn't even touched on pitching yet. Like for all those pitching people listening, it's like... No, we may have to save it for another podcast. I was going to say, man, we may have to because there's, there's some really interesting things that I've, I've come to find out on, on the pitching side. But yeah, Nice tease, Bobby. Nice tease. Okay, tease uh, for the next one. I'm ready. I'm ready. Pitching, obviously... What hitters are doing in, in the sense that they're mostly reacting, pitchers are in control. They're scripting. They, 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 but they have, a, they have some overlapping cognitive systems they're using, but they've got some unique ones that they have to rely on. And they're relying on systems in a little bit different way because they're in control. So that would be fun to understand. Hey, yeah, we should cover. Yeah. I was saying, yeah. let me know. I'm ready. Let's do that. We'll cover the hitting side yep. and then the pitching side, part two with Bobby. Uh, <laughs> hey, Bobby, before we move to the last piece of this podcast, anything you'd like to promote or talk about, you know, what you're doing with High and Inside and the Alliance, those type of things? When it, when it comes to the Alliance, I think we have a super cool product that it's called Stars of Tomorrow. And so each each camp, um, a pro combine identifier, we we allow 100, 100 athletes, right? And, and so... Um, it's the Alliance and, and Prospect Wire, um, and S2 Cognition, Individual Edge, all, the, all these people working together to, 
to create a formula and a weighted system to create a power score, right? And so there's a scouting component to it where we actually have scouts that have, you know, scouted for the Colorado Rockies and for, you know, they, they were division one coaches and, and all these things that are, there's a, there's a human element to it, but there's a lot of data that whether it's the athleticism part or, you know, actual hitting metrics and pitching metrics and, now we're getting S2 and, and all these things, we're combining it to create one score. And at the end of, of all this, we're going to go play in Chicago um, where athletes are limited to play. Um, and so it, it's going to be a super cool product. If you have a chance and, you, and I think if you're, if you're elite enough, I would, I would go do it because we, we are trying to take the top 60 kids in the entire country. And so we're, we're going to just different venues across the country and um, we're doing all this. So we're, we're kind of bringing that technology to the, to the people versus making everyone come to us. Um, and I think that's a really cool concept as far as high end side goes, we're, we're starting to, to really grow and, you know, a big thanks to y'all and, and baseball cloud and softball cloud and Yakertech for helping be the, the backbone of, of what we do and, um, and growing with us. And, you know, we, we are a player development and, you know, data driven um, company where we also do scouting, uh, which that'll be heavy this, this coming spring where we're actually helping coaches scout games and, you know, to, to kind of create that, that front office approach for teams. So um, it's really cool, man. I'm, I'm very blessed to do what I do and work with you. And yeah, I mean, I, I love those two cognition, man. I, I, you know, once, once we sat down there in Frisco, I still remember it, you know, me, Scott, Paul, Baden, all of us, we sat down there and we were talking through things and um, I knew right then I wanted to be a part of, of what y'all were doing. Um, and I definitely saw the vision and, I just can't be more excited for, for all of this. We're excited to be partnering with someone with, with such uh, insight and passion for the game. I mean, your patch, your passion is catchy. And so we, we, we love it. And, and I, I love what you, what you're putting together here and really this, this comprehensive assessment of all these key factors that help an athlete perform at their best. And you're right. The cool thing about all these assessment tools you have is that they all speak to what the experience is in the game, right? So you take the S2 Cognition, man, your competitive juices are aroused because this is, this is like sitting in the batter's box and having to make those quick decisions. You know, visual edge with the kind of depth perception and making some visual basic visual judgments and then all the physical and the scouting i mean this this is these are competitive tests and these athletes from 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 what i've i've seen and in, in, in experience i mean they take this very seriously and uh, they want to learn about who they are and how they're built and how they compare and it's it's really cool so yeah and the, and the cool thing too right with, with the stars tomorrow stuff and prospect wire um you know, once they get their, their stuff, they, they have the chance to go get their S2 report, like the full S2 report, not just the overall. And they get a chance to actually get better. Like, that's the really cool thing about S2 Cognition, too, is once once you take it, it's not just here's a number, right? It's, hey, here's your, you know, your brain systems at your low end, and here's how you get better, right? And, and I think that is such a cool approach that y'all have taken, um, to really help the game and grow the game in that sense. So, well, it's very palpable. You're, yeah. you're one yeah. thing you're doing is you're just trying to make the sport better or trying to make softball 
and push it to to its limits, which is really really cool. So we appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely, man. So. Well, sweet. Let's dive into those three random funny questions. This is oh, going to be about nothing that we've talked about. Uh, just uh, bring your funny cap. Okay. What is the most annoying trend on social media right now? You Gosh. have to pick one because there's probably 10,000 of them. Yeah. Dude, honestly, like I think just honestly anything on TikTok really is. I, I just like anything You're on lump TikTok. It at all. Just, I'm going to lump all that together. I coach a Bombers team, and, and so all of my 14 new players want me to get in and dance with them, and I'm like, no, can't do it. You don't even have a TikTok account. I might actually get no, no, no. dancing. <laughs> will not find me dancing on there. Second question: What is one thing uh, if you could change or would change about your daily routine? And I would, I would try to go to sleep sooner. I, uh, it takes me a long time to wind down and go to sleep. My mind just continues to go. A lot of times I'm laying in bed and I'm like writing notes on like an idea that I have or because I try to wake up early too. So it's not a good combination um, to, to go to bed late and then wake up early. But at the same time, my dad always told me if you want to make more time, you got to either go to sleep later or, or wake up sooner. So there's only 24 hours in the day. What smell do you prefer? Grass after being freshly mowed or baking a dessert in the oven? Baking a dessert in the oven all day. I, I have really so oh, okay, um, okay. the whole grass thing kind of messes me up in general. Tough life yeah. when, when you're playing baseball growing up. You know? That's well, it, I was about to say there were two smells I was really between. It was the smell after freshly cut grass or the burning of leaves in fall. I don't man, it's just something about those smells. Man, I just burn leaves in the fall too. Um, I, I grew up in a small town, and I mean, we used to have those big burn barrels that we would put like wood and leaves in, and you know, light it on fire. And, Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I also have a sweet tooth. Where at night, it's probably another I probably need a probably need a kick. Well, we appreciate your time today, Bobby. Thanks for everything you're doing. We'll get that next one coming up talking about pitching. This was more hitter focused. Man, I, I, I we really love everything you're doing to try to complement the whole holistic style of a softball player. So appreciate your partnership. Thanks for jumping on the podcast. We'll be sure to have you on again. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all. We hoped you learned a lot today about the intersection between softball and cognition. There are so many great nuggets for players to use in their development plan. As always, if you like the content we are putting out, please subscribe with that plus sign at the top of the Apple app, leave a review about the episode, and share it with a friend. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, please go to s2cognition.com slash podcast. Thanks again for listening to the S2 Cognition Podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Hunter, signing off for now. Talk to you soon.